Welcome to Be More Super the Podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, we've got another treat um, from working as a publicist to shooting the bad guys on screen. We've got an awesome guest. It's Chad Michael Collins. Chad, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here. And uh, what a wonderful introduction. Publicist to uh, shooting the heads off bad guys. What a career change. Exactly. And I'm sure we're going to find out exactly how that happened. Uh, Before. But before we do, you know, I always check in with our guests to find out, you know, how the last two years have been for you during the pandemic and how you've kept positive and moving forwards. Uh, Well, it has been a couple of years, hasn't it? Um, Mm. (laughs) Like everyone else, I experienced my my ups and downs in terms of uh, the lockdown and the global pandemic and whatnot. But, uh, you know, we're in a great place. I think we've all learned how to adapt and to to make the best out of a, an otherwise tricky situation. So, you know, year one of the lockdown was, was um, it was actually very fun. You know, I mean, unfortunately, the, the entertainment industry really shut down. Mm. Um, however, I took up to streaming on Twitch, playing, a, you know, Call of Duty online with fans and friends all around the world. Um, and so I learned a lot about that world and how to stream and, and kind of added a new, a new tool to my toolbox, so to speak, and, and had a lot of fun mm-hmm. with that and continue to do that to this day. So, but last year it felt like the industry really figured out how to adapt to COVID properly. And so I was very fortunate to work on, uh, several films all throughout last year. So, uh, expecting bigger and better this year and I'm continuing to work on movies and I'm continuing to Twitch stream. So uh, onward and upward. And looking from your IMDb page, you're very, very busy. So I'm sure we'll have a, a little chat about future projects. Um, so I've I've read somewhere in an interview that you referred to yourself as an accidental actor. Um, you know, please explain what what does that term accidental actor mean? I uh, yeah, I've got. I've had a weird journey up until this point, and I, uh, you know, I was a journalism major in college. I came out to Los Angeles. I started working as an assistant to uh, a Hollywood publicist, more or less, uh, representing TV and film actors and entertainers. Um, so I had kind of a, an introduction to the business side of the entertainment industry first, working from the publicity end and working hand in hand with agents, managers, uh, people at networks and studios and all those kind of executives and those brass. Uh, so, you know, acting is something I just kind of fell into at the suggestion of, of, of a lot of people I met in the industry along the way who encouraged me to take a class, try it on for size. And I just really had a lot of fun with it and just treated it mm-hmm. like a side hobby for a long time. But, you know, a couple of Hallmark movies later and a couple of, you know, low budget indie horror films later it's just there was something i I really enjoyed about it and had a lot of fun so i really um after a movie called lake placid 2 which was a really fun opportunity for me as a young actor uh, i decided to really kind of double down and see where this could lead and uh you know many years later i i left that 
kind of office job salaried position to to pursue the acting full time and i'm yeah i'm happy to say that i'm still doing that to this day so you know happy accident i suppose and i've got to say lake placid 2 is a wonderful film uh, John Snyder is a friend of the uh, show and uh, oh, he's cool. just a top guy. Um, and, you know, the first one was good. The second one, in my opinion, is better. So uh, so thank you uh, for starring in that one. So you were born in New York and you decided, um, you know, to become a publicist and then move to L.A. I mean, what really, you know tickled your fancy when it come down to being a publicist because you know it's quite a an obscure job I suppose yeah it was really um you know being it being in upstate New York I went to college uh, at the great Ithaca College in upstate New York uh they had an LA based um internship program and they had a lot of alumni out there in the entertainment industry you know Ithaca has a great film school and had been sending you know, graduates out there for, for a number of decades at that point. So I said, this sounds fantastic to be able to spend it a semester, uh, not quite abroad, but at least on the other side of the coast from New York. Um, that was, you let's learn very quickly that as a journalism major, you know, I mean, writing for a newspaper, you know, in the middle of nowhere was not that appealing to me. And Los Angeles had all the appeal in the, in the world. Uh, it's sunny here year round. It's amazing. The entertainment industry is exciting. There's sports, TV, movies. Yeah, everything about it was extremely appealing to me. So, you know, I spent a, a semester in college out in L.A. getting the lay of the land. And I interned with the publicist that I had uh, eventually hired me on. So it was um, it was really fun and kind of came together. I didn't I didn't single out publicity in particular, but that's kind of where my skill set led me towards and the opportunity opened up and. Uh, but it was really fun, you know, being able to to write and to create and and to deal with media and press and stuff like this is really uh, it was a great training ground for my future career as an actor and and uh, it was a lot of fun and introduced me and exposed me to a lot of really cool things in the industry. And what advice would you give someone like myself that uh, to deal with publicists? What is the secret? Because you get some lovely ones and then you get some ones that. <laughs> Just say, no, sorry, we're going to politely pass. Um, you know, is there a secret around the pub publicist? Is there anything that we can do? Uh, what a great question. Uh, you want to deconstruct the process more or less. Um, mm. I mean, look, sometimes it just comes down to, you know, uh, clients' taste, you know. And trust me, we, we saw all sorts of clients when I worked, you know, with the publicist. And there's just some people who... They took on a publicist because it was a good investment for their career, but they hated doing interviews and, and just were very busy. So they couldn't do all the requests and really only wanted to do, you know, interviews of this type or that type or whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, but in terms of dealing with publicists, I really, you know, I think that um, the more you can kind of sell them on the value and prop up their clients, I think that that, um, you know, flattery will get you somewhere in an industry like yeah. that. And uh, we all know the entertainment industry is full of, of egos that perhaps like to be stroked. So that's a good <laughs> bit of advice, I suppose. <coughs> awesome. I'll take that on board. So you moved to LA um, to, uh, you know, follow this this route of being a pub publicist. What was your first impressions of LA? Because I've never been there. I've been all over the East Coast. But they say that the streets are paved with gold. Um, is LA really like that 
and did it disappoint or did it you know did it fill those uh, uh, dreams of yours if there's some gold paved streets i haven't found them and i've been out here you know pushing two decades now um but i'll keep an eye out and let you know um <laughs> i mean la was a blast you know i'm really I'm very active. I've always loved to play sports and be outdoors. Um, and LA is a place where you can do that year round. And I still enjoy that aspect of the city to this day. Uh, but just LA is wonderful in that it's not as harsh as a New York City um, and not as claustrophobic as a New York City. I mean, in two hours, you could be on top of a mountain skiing. In two hours, you could be south of the border in Mexico, you know, from mm -hmm. or up in wine country in Los Angeles. So it's really wonderful and diverse. Uh, in that way, but it's also there's a, such a diversity of people. You know, I always tell people, you know, you'll you'll come to LA and you'll find your tribe. You know, whatever you're into, whatever you're about, uh, this is such a a city of transplants that you will find. You know, your your people, your niche, your 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 tribe is you know, for lack of a better term, you will find the people that are into what you're into. You know, and I'm into all sorts of fun, wacky stuff, anything from Dungeons and Dragons to you know, playing in, you know, sports leagues and stuff, weekend warrior type stuff. And, you know, I found it all in LA and, mm. and it's a, it's really an amazing place to experience. And you just, you just can't beat the weather. You can't. Mm -hmm. mm. And you mentioned Dungeons and Dragons and do you know what? I've got loads of friends that's into it. And the only thing that I liked about Dungeons and Dragons was a cartoon that was out uh when i was when i was a kid because it's so complicated i don't know how you managed to do it I, it it might might be simple for for some but uh i've got a, a 20 year old son and and he's into his well he was into his pokemon cards D and D and dota and all that 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 lot and i think i'm getting to that age now where you know i just want simpler things but you know when you're starting out as an actor um you know how difficult realistically is it to make it as an actor because you've obviously done loads of you know great projects i mean at any point did you find it really difficult and you thought do you know what maybe this is not for me uh it's the interesting thing about this industry is you know there's no real handbook you know that you don't show up in la and it's welcome to la you want to be an actor follow these three simple steps like there's nothing like that out there you know so my I kind of got into the entertainment industry, uh, you know, through the back door, more or less. I was just introduced to a lot of people in the industry. I, I understood a lot how the business worked um, from the business end of things, which is obviously something that they don't teach you in an acting class. You know, you're mm -hmm. kind of left to your own devices to figure out how to be your own business and how to navigate the landscape of the entertainment industry as an actor. So um, it is it, it, it can be tough. You know, there's a lot of actors out here. And there's, you know, not as many TV, film, you know, video game projects to hire everybody. So it really, I find that the people who are very clear on, you know, what they want as an actor, why they want it as an actor, always stay inspired, always stay motivated, keep on the path. And it really is about perseverance and determination and, and to, um, you know, let the nose slide off your back and there's going to be a lot of no's it's it's like being a door-to-door -door salesman man like what is it 99 percent rejection that's kind of what you look at in the entertainment industry and there's no wrong way to go about it uh, there's certain things you can do to kind of increase your chances of success and that's everything from training to networking 
to this, that, and whatever. And creating your own content now is easier than ever, uh, which didn't exist when I first started out here. Uh, but it's, it's, I find that the people that are in it for the right reasons um, just always have that determination, that perseverance, and, and they find a way. And it's great. But the nice thing is, too, is L.A. ain't everything anymore. This is a global industry. It's, it's mm. you know, markets have sprung up all around this country. You can go to New Mexico and have a successful acting career. Atlanta is a huge hotbed. Mm. Um, gosh, the, the, the southeast region in particular, Louisiana. You can go to any number of these places and, and find work perhaps easier uh, as, a, as a good trained actor. And, you know, L.A. is just the place for me, and I'm happy to be able to make it all work out here. But for sure, I would never be opposed to going somewhere else to, to keep pursuing my dreams. And, and there's so many options available for people, mm. uh, which is really, really great. And I've had a lot of friends move from L.A. and have much greater success in Atlanta. And it's just it's a really cool thing to, uh, to see. Mm -hmm. And you've got that sun all year round, so you're very lucky with that. <laughs> so um, my next question was um, about auditions. I mean, do you enjoy them or are they just a pain in the backside uh, and just part of the process? Uh, it's If you're going to be an actor, you got to make peace with the audition, man. There's no, there's no two ways about it. You're always going to have to have skin in the game, and that means auditioning uh, no matter what. Um, you know, it's, it's weird because of COVID, like you, you, like you brought up earlier, you know, all auditions have moved to the self-tape. So recording it from home, off your iPhone, submitting it electronically. Um, there's hardly ever a chance to meet anybody in person anymore, and understandably so. Um, sometimes if people are interested in you, they'll set up some kind of a Zoom audition, which is an absolute technical nightmare, uh, as you can imagine. Um, but it's... I, I've never minded the audition process because, you know, I got into this racket for the fun of it. I was never so serious about it. I had the white collar job. I was doing just fine. And this was just something I was pursuing on the side because I enjoyed it. And I was curious about um, learning more and how to be better at it. So uh, really, it's it's fun. I, used, I, I do miss it. I miss the in-person audition. It's nice to be able to relate to another human being and to have that real-time feedback and and um, really focus on the, the creative elements of acting, you know, in real time with a real person. You know, you can't you can't replace that experience. So, um, you know, like I said before, we've all had to adapt and and roll with the changes, so to speak. But um, I've never had a problem with auditions, and I've I've kind of weirdly changed my mindset to enjoy them as much as possible, uh, and that still probably exists for me to this day. And what's been your worst audition and your best audition? Oh my, oh my, um, oh man, there were some auditions early on um, where I was just so nervous that it was an absolute disaster. You know, you just, you're just staring down at your page because you can't recall the words from memory and, you know, just total lack of experience and, you know, but I mean, you have all sorts of experiences. You're in there with wonderful casting directors who really are pulling for you and cheering for you and trying to give you the you know, the notes to help you succeed and, and bring something fun that they can present to their employers, the producers, the directors, and what have you. Uh, but then there's been experiences where, you know, and every actor will, will probably have these along the way where, you know, you're going in there, you're doing their thing and, and, you know, someone doesn't even look up from their computer screen while you're, you know, reading 
to no one, you know? And so yeah. it's, it's, you get all, all types and all kinds. And, and that's, um, it's been very, very enriching because if you can, if you can weather the storm and develop a thick skin on the audition circuit, I mean, there's really not much of a social situation you can't handle. So it's really good mm-hmm. life training on top of everything mm-hmm. else. But uh, there's been so many over the years and I just, I'm grateful for all of them. Um, it's like what, uh, gosh, Conor McGregor always says, you either win or you learn. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of definitely the journey as an actor. <laughs> definitely. And then with, with your career, have you got a life plan in the way that, you know, you've got certain actors that you'd love to perform with on screen or certain directors that you'd love to be directed by? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I get asked that, you know, from time to time. And, you know, I have my favorites. You know, I, I've always loved the movies by um, David Fincher. You know, Fight Club is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um seven and stuff like this i mean taiko waititi i hope i'm saying his name correctly uh he's just a, a super visionary and i just love his stuff uh, you know from the thor ragnarok to um you know jojo rabbit and all the cool stuff he does oh that's awesome uh, Gunn. yeah i mean J- I, you know i was a huge jj abrams fan when i was in college alias you know the show on abc with jennifer mm-hmm. garner hit and that was one of my favorite all-time shows so there's a lot of uh, people that I'd love to to work with, learn from, experience. You know, Clint Eastwood. I grew up on Clint Eastwood movies and and um, the stuff he directed later in his career. So there's a big old list, and it definitely keeps growing. But there's so many talented, amazing people out there, and you know, hopefully one day I get to uh, to rock out on set with them. Well, you got plenty of time in you, so who knows? I mean, Clint Eastwood, he's still going. Um, you know. At his age, he's still directing, so who knows? Uh, but me personally, I've I've always been a Michael Bay fan. I absolutely love uh, Thirteen Hours. is one of my favourite movies. I think ah. it's just stunning. And I've had Mark Geist, who was the Marine that was in the actual, you know, mm. it, that it's based based on. And I've had Max Mar- Martini that played him on screen as well. Oh, yeah. And I I just yeah. love absolutely love anything army and everything like that but we talk about tom berenger tom berenger as a kid i can remember um correct me if i'm wrong 1993 was sniper which was an outstanding movie with billy zane and then obviously he went on to do so many movies well he did platoon he did the substitute which i thought was awesome um and obviously then he passes the mantle to you so you have now starred in your fifth uh, Sniper movie. What was it like being passed that mantle from Tom Berenger to you to carry on that franchise? Because that must have been amazing. I tell you what, I grew up on the original Sniper movie. And I have very, very vivid, very visceral, fond memories of, of watching that movie on you know, cable networks when I was, when I was younger. So um, I was a huge fan of him, obviously. And you left out a major one, major league that was a movie that I loved growing up with Tom Berenger. Of course, yes, uh, baseball, yes. Baseball comedy. Uh, so obviously I was a huge fan. And the opportunity to kind of step into the shoes and play his son, you know, in the in the reboot of the Sniper franchise that he originated, I mean, it's such a blessing and such an honor, you know, and to work with Billy and to work with Tom over the years. And, I mean, it's just you can learn so much from hearing their stories, you know, and, and, and watching them work on set. So that's been 
you know, really, really, really uh, a beautiful feather in my cap, so to speak. And we're still going strong. Um, you know, hopefully we've got one coming out here soon. But Sniper Assassin's End is was released in 2020 and it's still doing great around the world. It just mm-hmm. debuted in, you know, uh, for Netflix in the UK and Ireland. And I topped out at number two, most watched um, within days of its um you know, premiere on, on the Netflix mm-hmm. platform over there across the pond. Yeah. So really, really cool to see. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, I always made the joke that I'd, I'd love to get of a certain age, you know, Sniper 47, where I get to pass on the long gun, <laughs> my protege. So we will, uh, we'll see if that ever happens. But so far, so good. And uh, mm. it's just a wonderful fans around the world who, who love the Sniper franchise. So we plan on making as many as we can. And it's very technical, I've got to say, and there's a lot of, you know, certain things that you do. I mean, what sort of training did you go through? Because, you know, I'm sure there's actual snipers out there that are watching it going, yeah, this is all right. This is actually spawn. I mean, obviously, I know Hollywood, they've got like a bit of license to, to, go, to go off a bit. But I mean, what sort of training did you do? Because did you go to boot camp? Um, did you learn how to use the... The rifle? I mean, what sort of training did you do for the role? I'll tell you what. If this was a Michael Bay film with a Michael Bay budget, um, <laughs> for sure, I would have been able to go to some kind of a really fun two-week boot camp because uh, there would have been the time and there would have been the resources to do that. Unfortunately, uh, we uh, make these movies at an absolute fraction of the budget that Michael Bay has to play with. So, um, you know, we always have really wonderful technical advisors and and over the years a lot of our technical advisors have been former military um at a very high level uh a guy named patrick garrity came on for one of the movies he was a former marine scout sniper uh very very helpful very knowledgeable obviously and you know i stick to these people like glue because you want to get it right and you you are representing people that do a very very hard job a very important job so you know, you want to have the authenticity. And it's like you said, it's the, the, the military crowd loves to watch these movies. But they'll also criticize things <laughs> when they are way off, as they should. You know, so we do try to get it right as much as possible. But <clears throat> like you said, there's some things where you just have to suspend your disbelief. You know, sometimes, sometimes you know, the stock of that rifle is like in your face and blocking your eye. But the camera's here, you know. And so I got to do this. And, you know, and I'm sure that makes the military men and women, you know, servicemen and women cringe. But, you know, they're trying to get the shot because they like that background better and the light's coming from here. So it's, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you have to take a little flack because you're trying to make movie magic, you know, you have to take that on the chin. But for the most part, people enjoy those movies and um, and kind of uh, are not too critical of them. And we do strive to obviously get it as right and as accurate as possible. Mm. And the action in it is just fantastic. I mean, if we talk about Assassin's End, you know, the fight fight scenes, I just think, are, are, are so well choreographed. I mean, how much work goes into, you know, choreographing a fight like that? And do you ever get injured? Um, and how much fun is it? Um, it's fun. I do get injured. Uh, that's just kind of a, you'll ask any, any proper stunt person, which I'm not a proper stunt guy by any means. Um, but it's like injuries come to territory, you know, and if you don't want to, if you want to do action movies and or stunts, that's just going to happen. And, you know, there's a, you just got to be able to roll with that and be comfortable with that. But uh, Sniper Assassin's End, the fights came out wonderful. We had a, we're very fortunate to have an amazing um, team of 
stuntmen and women and uh, Brett Chan and his company Hits International. He does shows like Warrior. You know, he's worked in the Netflix Marvel Universe, uh, choreographing shows, stunts. So we were extremely lucky to have him. Um, and me and, um, well, the majority of our fights was between me and uh, Sayaka Akimoto, who's our wonderful uh, Japanese actress who starred in Sniper Assassin's End with us. So it was me and her, and we probably put in an additional, I don't know, 15 to 20 hours into our fight sequences um, as, you know, just being ready on the day to be able to do the darn thing. Uh, and I think it turned out really, really, really well. But, um, you know, you're going to get your bumps. You're going to get your bruises. You're going to hit your head on the rock. You're going to take a tumble. You're going to you're going to make contact with each other on a punch or a kick and, you know, unintentionally. And it's just going to happen. So you know, the main goal is not to get a concussion and keep all your teeth in your head um, and try not to get cut so bad that you bleed out all over the place and you need stitches. So uh, <laughs> other than that, you just got to go for it. And as long as it looks good on camera, that's all what matters. <laughs> so, so you know, start starting out when you started uh, your first, which was Sniper Reloaded. Um, you know, did you get any advice from Tom Berenger, or you know, start starting out with Lake Blake Placid? I mean, did you get any advice from John Snyder? I mean, did did any of them because they have been around for donkey's years? Uh, have they given you any words of wisdom? Uh, you know, I never got to meet Tom. Uh, he wasn't in Sniper Reloaded. Um, you know, that was, um, I was working with Billy, Billy Zane, who I found to be really just a charming and wonderful guy. And, and still, we're still friends with him to this year, uh, to this day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, really <clears throat> working with John Schneider and Cloris Leachman and Lake Placid too. Um, you know, I'm more of a sponge, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of more, I, I like to just observe and, and watch what they do, watch how they do, see if there's things I can pick up and, and this, that, whatever else. But there's been amazing actors who give me great advice uh, over the years. And there's, you know, there's, there's been the share of actors where you're like, okay, I don't, I don't want to end up like this you know, kind of thing. So both lessons serve you very well. What you, you know, what you want to move towards and what you want to stay away from. So I'm very grateful for both of those experiences as well but there's been a number of actors over the year who's been very very helpful and who have learned a lot from just by watching them do what they do yeah i think i think the first scenes that you had with tom was in legacy wasn't it i do apologize mm -hmm. it wasn't reloaded it was legacy um so obviously you know you use quite a lot of guns on set and i just wanted to get from your opinion because unfortunately not long long ago there was a, a tragic accident with a gun on set i mean being around so many weapons firearms um you know do, do you feel the procedure is is safe on set and do you think that the events that occurred uh with alec baldwin do you think that's going to have a knock-on effect with how you know films are filmed in the future with firearms i mean personally i haven't um yeah and the, and the you know a total tragedy tragedy on that mm. set and um i'd done a movie called uh, rock monster for a sci-fi channel uh, network and i got to work with the late great john polito john polito started the movie the crow uh, and there was a tragic accident on the crow as we all know brandon lee was killed uh with a gun on set as well and so you know it's a lot of more details are coming out about that and there's a lot of speculation about a lot of things but i know personally i I haven't even shot a blank round in a gun in in years on an action movie set on a film set you know i think that 
um, visual effects can really fill that gap. Uh, obviously, they're they're safer, you know, and um, and if they can sell it just as well doing that and keep safety in mind, um, it's a good way to go. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that going forward. Of course, um, you know, I have certainly you know done my fair share. You can't be in a movie called Sniper and not have shot lots of rounds of you know blank ammo over the years and i certainly have done that but you know i grew up around guns i was very fortunate at a young age to get a real education you know with guns and and um have the proper safety training and the awareness and that's what it is you know that's really uh, you know being conscious that you you know a gun is is not a toy and you just always have to treat it like it's loaded never wave it around, never, you know, and I've seen all kinds. I've seen people who are really conscious and very careful on sets. And I've seen actors who, you know, don't have that training or education about guns. And even though they're completely empty, you know, there's bad habits and they're, they're mm -hmm. waving it across people, which is a number one no-no, uh, always treat it like it's loaded. And I think that that there's a lot of fear about uh, guns and fair enough. Um, but that a lot of that comes from people not knowing and having the education and, and the safety training um, mm -hmm. because they can absolutely be safe, of course, if you understand, you know, the dangers of them and can, can mm -hmm. work backwards from that. So, but, you know, like I said before, we, we haven't shot a blank round in any of these movies in, <coughs> in so long and mm -hmm. it's, it's, if it's not necessary, it's not necessary. And I, I'm totally fine with that. And I think that that's just mm -hmm. one way to ensure that people are safe going mm -hmm. forward, no matter the level of experience. So. Um, yeah, mm. I think we'll, we will see a lot more of that and, and rightfully so. Yeah. My takeaway from what you've just said is that it's not the weapons at fault. It's the people, it's the education and, uh, you know, being in England, we don't have guns. Yeah. And, um, I think the only thing that I've, I've shot here is a two, two target rifle. Um, mm. and that's it. I have been to a gun range in the States and, um, it scared the living bejeebas out of me on honestly um but i suppose it's the people uh that that needs 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 to be addressed but um going over your sniper movie are, are, are we going to have another installment um you know come in um you know is there any news on the next one uh there's not much i can say obviously you know we do our our sniper <laughs> franchise for sony pictures the wonderful folk over there so um, when they say it's time to say something and, and reveal something, that's when it's time. So I can't say very much. I can tease that something is in the works, uh, and hopefully yeah. I'll be able to share more with everyone later. But, um, you know, there are, there are plans to keep things going. So I hope that those plans come to fruition. We've got more stuff to put out there for the wonderful sniper fans around the world. That would be awesome. And then we talk about Call of Duty, which... I think it's a franchise that has been going for so many years and it's got a, a following globally and you play the lead. And I've got to say, Call of Duty has gone, you know, just better and better with each title in the way of the story. It's like a mini movie, um, you know, at the beginning. What was that like working on Call of Duty? Because you play Alex, Echo 3-1 and you know, it's got to be an obscure experience because, you know, your likeness, I think I've got uh, an image here that I'm going to put on the screen, which is awesome. You know, the like likeness, if you could talk, talk me through what, what the experience was like and, and how on earth did they, you know, get the character looking so much like you? Uh, I'm, I'm loving the moustache, by the way. I think, I think you I, should I, I was, that. 
That was my first comment was that, uh, you know, I was very pleased to see the final version of Alex, which is right there on the screen. Uh, I got a huge digital mustache upgrade and uh, that was free. So thank you, Infinity Ward and Activision for that. That's pretty sweet because uh, I can't really grow one myself all that well. So um, it, I'll tell you what, Call of Duty, it's one of the best projects I've ever been a part of, you know, for a number of reasons, the filming of it. The amazing people at Infinity Ward, which is the studio that put it all together, the developing uh, development team also hooked me up with this great T-shirt. Um, rock on, guys. Uh, really wonderful people. A, really, a, a year plus long filming experience with uh, incredible actors, including, um, you know, Barry Sloan and Elliot Knight. Uh, who are you know from from your home country? Uh, really wonderful people to to uh, act with, and um, it was a great experience, you know. And and the, the, it being a reboot of Modern Warfare, I had played the original Modern Warfare games. There was a trilogy. Uh, the last one was like 2011. So when I heard that I was mm-hmm. in a Call of Duty game A and B, it was going to be a soft reboot of the Modern Warfare, you know, franchise. I was you know through the you know, roof to be able to play a lead in uh, a game like this because I, I had grown up playing it. I had loved those games. So it was really a lot of fun. And on the back end, you know, you're not prepared for how big, you know, these games are and how global they mm. truly are. Especially with the, they've, they've introduced the Battle Royale component now, Warzone, which I still love playing. It's really incredible. I mean, I just remember when our game was being launched, like seeing the commercials everywhere, you know, Football Sunday, just endless Call of Duty commercials, billboards and bus wraps everywhere about it. And you just you you can't you're not prepared for how big it really is, you know, until you start to see it and then you start to see the players. And there are just literally tens of millions of players. I think Warzone has. I don't know, 100 million players globally, you know, mm. worldwide at this point. And so, you know, you can't really wrap your tiny peanut brain around, you know, the magnitude of, of a figure like that. And I've just, it's, it's been fun because obviously our game came out a couple of years ago. It was critically and commercially successful, which is all you can hope for. But to be able to keep playing with fans on the back end and connect with them and, and uh, get to know them, no matter what country they live in, to be able to slap on a headset and interact with these people all around the world who love this game that you're in. Uh, it's been a real real joy and a real pleasure, and it's it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. And you play the game while on Twitch, and I've got to say, I've got admiration because, you know, I when, when I'm playing a game and my wife's trying to talk to me, I can't talk to her and play the game. So I don't know how Ooh. these Twitch streamers and yourself can actually play a game and talk at the same time. I mean, is that something you've learned over time or is that just a natural talent? <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, once we once, you know, we drop in, you know, into the battlefield, it's really about, you know, I keep it just to communicating with with my teammates because that's what you got to do if you're going to have any chance to win mm-hmm. ever. Um, so I kind of let the chat just ride. And then, you know, in between the breaks, in between matches is when I can kind of go in and interact with people. But it's funny because when I was doing press, promoting modern warfare i did an amazing interview uh with this this journalist who literally played the campaign the game for two hours straight while doing a full interview with me and i was blown away i was like i don't know how you do this because he was crushing it at the game also engaging with me asking questions about this that whatever else and it just blew my mind i'm not that kind of a gamer i'm like you i can't (laughs) i can't have all that going on and and hope to to do well in the game so 
Uh, props to him. He's a proper gamer. <laughs> I'm, I'm an amateur at best. <laughs> and any more plans on doing um, any more voice work? Because I know you did. You voiced a book re- recently as well, an, an audio book. Um, but is there any more plans for any more computer games or any more voice work, voiceovers? I hope so. You know, I really, uh, obviously, I'd, I'd love the opportunity to keep doing anything Alex-related, Call of Duty-related. You know, they put the character in Call of Duty Mobile um, not too long ago, and which has been really fun and introduced me to a whole new group of gamers who love to play off their phones, which are, you know, really incredible people around the world. Uh, but I love it, man. I grew up on video games, ever going back to the old school Nintendo. And so I love, you know, the voiceover world, the animated world. I love the video game world. So, I, you know, that's the funny thing about this industry is, you know, people think, oh, my God, you were Alex in Call of Duty. You, you know, you must have your choice of this. And I'm like, well, you know, no one's calling me about the the, the, the G.I. Joe cartoon they're going to spin up on Netflix. You know, unfortunately, it's it's you, you get back on the circuit, you pound the pavement and you try to line up the next one and the next one and the next one. And, and nothing is guaranteed and nothing is a, is a given in this industry. So I hope to do more. I love the world. I love the space. I've been a fan of it since I was a boy. So I really, really do hope that, um, you know, more opportunities come uh, in those arenas because I just, I, I adore them and I, I still play them to this day. And talking about your t-shirt, um, I'm sure that you've got plenty of perks, you know, after, you know, doing, um, you know, the role of at, you know the role of Alex did you get a like a a big box sent to you on release day I mean did you get any goodies from from um you know the company uh I got this t-shirt from the development team incredibly talented people at Infinity Ward which is really cool they did send me kind of this war zone anniversary poster which I as you can tell I still have to get up on the dang wall um so it's kind of like hiding behind my tv back there but um I mean not really, you know. I don't, I'm not a guy that's that's really kind of asked for all the free stuff, you know. They're 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 amazing people over there and whatever else. But I've, I've, you know, I I I bought the game with my own money, and you know, when I want to buy the new battle pass for season one or season two, or I want to get like that operator skin, you know, for Alex, you know, I plunk down like everyone else, which I, you know, a lot of people have found endearing. But it's like I'm a gamer. I'm gonna buy it anyway. You know, I'm just like mm-hmm. you. I love this. And it's I, I you know I bought you know the game after ours was Black Ops Cold War Call of Duty I bought that one I, I just bought Vanguard and I'm making friends with the actors that are in that and playing online with them as well so you know I'm a big fan of this stuff so really um, the perks are are great of course when you can get them but you know I'm I'm not waiting for them to send me stuff I'm I'm hitting buy uh, and getting that game you know, what I want to be able to play mm. it so I. It's, well, you've got you've it. got to support the right. franchise, haven't you? You've got to support it. You've got to invest in it because that is how how it develops. It's like people that 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 stream movies illegally. I just think that's completely wrong because you've got to buy the movie. You've got to rent it because that is how these companies will get the money back, so they can make more yeah. movies. And um, so, yeah, I really am completely against that. But talking about your fans, your fan base is just incredible. It really is. So not only have you got the fan base from Sniper, Call of Duty, and your other projects. I mean, has your approach to your fan base changed from when you were starting out to now? I mean, how much you know appreciation is there for them? 
I um, I mean, look, Call of Duty. When Call of Duty hit, obviously, it introduced me to a whole new world of um, of fans, of gamers, and and friends I've made over these past few years. Uh, but I, I love them, you know. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not a Kardashian, you know. I'm not sitting on millions of followers or anything like that, you know. My, 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 my following is drawn down to scale, but they're they're fantastic and they're incredibly loyal and incredibly kind and appreciative and supportive. And I, I love to engage with them um, because I'm all about I'm all about the good stuff, you know. There's there's enough trolling and enough hate out there on the internet, so I keep it light, I keep it positive, I keep it encouraging, and. And they're all game for that. So we have a really good time. And, and you know, it's a love fest. And I try to set it up that way because uh, that's just, you know, who I try to be, you know, in everyday life. So they're they're incredible. And I, uh, I've always appreciated their support um, to be able to welcome in all the Call of Duty uh, people into my experience. You know, it, it's just fun because you see the people that are, you know, they start off playing Call of Duty. And now they're engaging and maybe playing some games online with an actor, you know, who's mm-hmm. one of the characters in the game. Let me go and buy the sniper boobies. And they find out like, wow, I never knew about these. I really enjoy them. Or the sniper fans pick up and play Call of Duty for the first time. And some have taken it to the next level and begun streaming themselves. So it's been really, it's been really, really cool. You know, the one hand has kind of washed the other with that stuff. Uh, and it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun to see. And I know it served me well and introduced me to, uh, to some amazing people around the world. And do you feel that there is a level of responsibility as well? Because you've got so many followers, you know, of what you put out there, of what, you know, you post. I mean, I mean, is that scary at times? Yeah, I think you just have to, you know, you've got to have your own boundaries and your clear understanding. You know, I'm very clear about, um, you know, how I want to use my social media and what, you know, what I want to put out there. I'm very conscious about it, you know, really. Um, I, I have no interest in, in, you know, getting way over there about agendas and, you know, you know, the things that I'm overly passionate about. You know, I, I stay away from religion. I stay away from politics. I stay away from hot button things. You know, I really, my social media, I use as a tool to promote and encourage people to check out my, my, my projects, my acting career stuff like this, you know, let them know that I'm, I'm streaming on Twitch. You want to get a game in, come on and join us. Let's have some fun. Uh, I love to be able to talk about, you know, D and D and, you know, boxing and other stuff that I'm really, really into. So mm-hmm. I'm very clear and I'm very specific about how and why I, I use social media. I think it's an amazing, uh, platform to, to put out positivity and appreciation and love in the world and to support people, uh, and encourage people to, pick each other up and to, you know, uplift other people. So that's why I'm on there. That's, that's what I use it primarily for, you know, you have to have the boundaries about your private life and, you know, what you're comfortable putting out there. Um, so as long as I think you're clear and specific about it and, and why you're there and why you're using it and what you hope to achieve by it, you know, you'll, you'll, you won't run afoul of being canceled. Uh, <laughs> but if you're, you know, if you're full of keyboard courage and you want to just type first, and never think and then hit send, you know, well, enjoy your backlash on Twitter. You know, <laughs> it's up to you really what I want this to do. And, I mean, you know, I mean, the, 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 they always say when you, when you type a message, you should really stop, take like 10, 15 seconds, re- reread it and then send it because yeah. it, it may be the wrong thing. But from what I can see from your social media, you, sir, you, you know, you're an ambassador of positivity. And I think that's great to see. And uh, your way of giving back is Cameo. 
uh, which which you do, which I think is awesome. I mean, how you know great is is cameo? Do you enjoy doing them? And have you had any very bizarre requests yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cameo is a cool platform. I really. You know, every once in a while, someone will hit me up and they'll, you know, they just want a, a video or they're giving a gift to a fan of Call of Duty or, you know, family member who loves the sniper movies. And so it's just, you know, it's personal messages and sometimes tailored towards a birthday or for Christmas or this, that or whatever. Or, you know, just sometimes it's it's people who are just feeling a little down and, and would like a couple of words of encouragement from from someone they're a fan of. And I think it's a really cool platform. And um you know, because of the success of Sniper and Call of Duty, there's a lot of international fans, you know, and it's hard for them to maybe get an autographed picture sent all the way, you know, to, to Southeast Asia. But Cameo is great. It's digital. It's off a phone that everybody has. So it's a, it's a great way to connect to people and let them have something unique and personal. And so I've always enjoyed doing it. I think it's really, really fun. And, and um, you know, it's about them. So I, I just, you know, I'm not there to make a million dollars on Cameo. I'm there to just make something available so, you know, you try to keep the prices low and you, you try to encourage people to um, to check it out and, and, and walk away with something uniquely that's their own, especially if they live across the world. So I always have a lot of fun with that, you know, and I always welcome But There are some interesting ones. They want me to, you know, basically be Alex in Call of Duty. And, you know, I did one for uh, a best man uh, who was surprising his best friend who was, you know, getting married. And, you know, I, I, I was I was Echo 3-1 in that video. And you know, put a little script together and just kind of read it for him and stuff. And he gave it to his buddy who loved it, you know, so it was really, it's really fun. I love, I love the creativity with it too. <laughs> and then before we wrap up this wonderful in, in, interview, um, you know, your, your future projects, um, we've got one called Assailant that if no one's seen the trailer yet, check it out. It's on YouTube. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, if you could tell us a bit about the movie, um, and a bit of what you can, because I know of, of obviously you can and can't say certain things. So in a nutshell, um, a bit about the movie that's coming out soon. Uh, yeah, I actually was just able to watch a screener and it's really good and it's really, really fun. And it's a uh, uh, British director, Tom Payton, uh, directed this amazing film uh, starring me. Casper Van Dien. Oh, there we go. There's an image. Uh, me and Casper Van Dien and uh, the, the veteran actor Jeff Faye, who's an amazing actor that I was a huge fan of as well. Uh, and uh, Poppy Delevingne plays my uh, my love interest, my wife in this movie. And it's it's um, it's basically us on a, a couple on the verge of divorce. And we try to go back to where all the magic started. And we go on a tropical island and we kind of run afoul of um a guy who has some very 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 rigid standards uh that i unfortunately violate uh, and so he basically spends the rest of the movie stalking us and and uh, you know trying to uh you know teach me a lesson more or less i'll, I'll leave it vague uh <laughs> so uh casper van dien in a role you've never seen him do before he's fantastic in this uh, he plays the main uh antagonist in this movie and um you know just kick the crap out of me for 16 17 straight days which was a pleasure thank you casper uh <laughs> so i heard that it's uh, you know and there was an announcement not too long ago that uh, Redbox had bought the domestic rights mm -hmm. to uh to our film um so it'll be coming from them on their platforms and of course in their kiosks and whatever else uh i don't know what the international plan is i've heard 
I've heard spring, maybe Marchish for for a release on this. I don't have confirmation yet, but I should I should know something soon, and we could put it out there. But the movie turned out really really well. It's a kind of like a daytime psychological thriller horror action movie. It's very unique and and very cool, and and Tom did an amazing job putting this movie together. And I've got to say, the trailer, especially when Casper says apologize to her, which is the tagline for the poster. Honestly, it's so haunting and so scary. I think that sets the tone of what the movie is going to be like. So it looks absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Um, but I'll just take this off. And I've got to say, Chad, you've been a great guest. It's been great to catch up with you and chat a bit about Sniper Modern Warfare. How can fans follow you on social media? Uh, social media, um, come party with us on Twitch. You know, it's a lot of fun over there. And if you're a Call of Duty player, I love to try and, you know, take once, twice a week, three hours and just play with you, you know, and pull people from the chat and just get into some games with them, which has always been a blast. Uh, but that's uh, twitch.tv slash Chad Michael Collins. Uh, Instagram and Twitter is at Collins Chad M. And Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash Chad Michael Collins. So uh, always, always welcome uh, new faces over at any of those platforms that is awesome and twitch you can watch on near enough any device so so i'm sure you'll have blend plenty of uh viewers but thank you so much chad you've been a great guest look after yourself keep safe and i look forward to assailants and all your other projects to come what a great chat brian thank you so much for having me You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends. My world, it means hope.